welcome to the Let's Talk Paranormal. On tonight's show, I'd like to share with you a history of a venue which I have investigated in the past and an experience that I had when I was there. Please note that this is a personal experience and there may be rational reasoning behind what happened, but I can't explain what that rational reason is or whether it was actually paranormal. However, I will categorise it as one of those mystery experiences I had had. So today we head into Shropshire, into the town of Tutbury and up to the famous Tutbury Castle, built in 1068 by Hugh de Ranches, if I pronounce his name right, if not, please take the mic. Who had been granted the land in Tutbury by William I. The castle then was passed to Henry de Freeze in 1086, where it stayed with the family until 1266. It was the site of multiple battles between the king and his sons. But we will skip ahead until the 1500s and the reign of Henry VIII. The castle had gone into some decline, but was still suitable for the Henry to stay as a guest. In the 1520s, that decline had got too bad. The kitchen roof had caved in. The curtain wall had split due to subsidence. Were done to the castle between 1561 to 1566. And then in 1569, the castle became home to one of the most famous prisoners in the castle's history. This prisoner was Mary Queen of Scots. She stayed in the castle over an 18 year period, not always in the castle. She did get moved around the Midlands. This was due to ill health where she was constantly complaining to George Talbot, her jailer, how cold the castle was. The attempts of rescue by her supporters to get her out of jail. And of course the uprising in the north that increased those rescue missions. But in 1587, Mary was executed for her involvement in the Babington conspiracy. However, her history is still with the castle today. But before we get to today... We head into the 16th century. The castle went into more disrepair again. James I stayed like Henry did um, a few times during 1619 to 1624. And then we entered the English Civil War. The castle got really fortified and the king's garrison was held at the castle. They managed to keep hold of the castle from the Parliamentarian Army until 1646, which after one final battle, which was mainly due to the supplies being limited to the people in the castle, they surrendered and the Parliamentarian Army took over the castle. And as they were doing across the whole of the country, they started demolishing the castle in 1647 through to 1648. 
Parts of the castle got rebuilt and repaired in the 17th century. The castle became a farmer's property and there was a farm with all you, the farm animals you would expect on the land. When we head into today, the castle grounds are leased to the Smith family. And the castle itself is a museum, a wedding venue, and of course, a site of paranormal investigation. Leslie Smith, the curator, regularly dresses as Mary Queen of Scots and channels her life through this dress. Now, I've visited Tutbury multiple times when I first started being a paranormal investigator. I haven't been back since, so it's been nearly eight years since the last time I was there. And I do have some fond memories of it. The castle grounds and the surrounding area are absolutely beautiful during daylight hours. And there's something special about it at night. You come in through the gate house, up the main path, and you're met by the moot hill with the remains of the folly on top. Now some say this is fake. Who knows? But from the top of this, you you get an amazing view over the grounds where you can see the whole wall and the ruins and, of course, the surrounding area. If you're standing at the top of the moot and you're looking at the castle ruins, kind of straight ahead of you and to the left is where you came in on the gatehouse and then on the right you've got the dungeons and the kitchens of what's left and of course what is now the main main living quarters and probably was the farmhouse so let's wander down and enter the, the actual farmhouse the main castle building as you enter, there's a cafe on the right hand side and a staircase up to the Great Hall. And this is a magnificent large room with a throne chair in one corner. And quite often there'll be chairs laid out in front of it as if you're going to sit down for a talk. From the doorway in the left hand corner is a another set of stairs and this leads down to the current living area. On the back wall there are two doors, one to the king's bedroom and I can't remember which room the other one leads to but the king's bedroom will be the room where we will delve into the experience I had. But to kind of set the scene a bit. This all happened when I was there for a investigation. So let's sit down in one of these chairs. The room's dimly lit, candles burning, and there's about 10 to 15 other people there. Some of the faces I recognise from previous investigations. And of course, with any event, there's always some new ones. As we sat there, Leslie in her full Mary Queen of Scots dress 
enters the room. She's painted her face white as they would back in the Tudor times. And she enters the room and sits down in this throne. And this is where she starts her monologue, where she channels Mary to tell us the story of when she was a prisoner of her cousin Elizabeth and the cold, damp conditions that she had to stay in when she was at the castle. And this monologue really does set the mood for the night. But also there's a bit of light-heartedness when Leslie starts telling you about the sex in the Tudor times and what they used for a condom and other sexual equipment. Once done, we start our investigation. We all head outside, head down to the dungeon. Now, there's a almost like a blacksmith's forge in there and the fire's burning. And there's a host of the evening in there and they tell you the history of the room and like the torture that people may have received there. As a group, there's some calling out. And after a while, we move up to the folly. And again, you stand on the top and you do some calling out and see if you hear anything. And of course, you're outside, so you kind of hear nighttime noises. You might hear some birds or things like that. But you get this atmosphere. You feel like you're in this time bubble and you've been taken back to when the castle was active. So as it's a cold night, we don't spend too much time outside and we head back inside. Go back up into the great room, um, great room, great hall. And we enter the king's bedroom. And this is a simple room. You could almost say it's a square room. And as you enter in the bottom right hand corner, there's a staircase going across that right hand wall. Going from the left hand side up to the right hand side. And there's a door at the top of it. The rest of the room is bare, painted white. And everyone stands around the edge of the room with their back to it. A volunteer is asked to stand at the bottom of the stairs. And I volunteer. Now, I already been, I'd already done this before. I knew what to experience and what to expect. Well, experience is probably the wrong word. I knew the story. I knew there was a person there who didn't like men. And it was their staircase. This was their staircase, not mine, not anyone else's. It was their staircase and they did not like anyone intruding. Well, that's what the stories say. So I stand at the bottom, well, I say stand at the bottom of the stairs. I stand with my back against the stairs. I'm about halfway along in the sense of the wall. So if I was on the staircase, I'd be halfway up. But I'm actually still at floor level. Just my back is to the stairs. 
And we start a vigil in the room. You've got a couple of people there with camcorders, a couple of flashes as people are taking photos to see if they can pick up orbs. Of course, there's calling out. Is anyone there? If you're here, can you make a knock on the sat on the wall? Can you whisper in someone's ear? I'm told there's a little kid here. Can you come forward? And this goes on for about five, ten minutes. And while I'm standing there, I get a feeling of pressure on my shoulders. And this pressure starts building and it's like the feeling of someone pushing down on my shoulders as if pushing me to the ground. They don't want me standing there. So I kind of say, can anyone see anything? Is there anything there? But everyone says no. And this pressure starts building. And as the pressure is building, I feel like a stab in the side of my ribs. And I start falling. Not gracefully falling in a lump on the floor. It's just kind of like I start sliding almost like down the wall. And after a while, that pressure's got so much that I'm on the floor. I'm on the floor and I feel like someone stabbed me in the side of my ribs. Can't explain why. I can't explain. I wasn't feeling ill. None of this pain had started during the day. And that I just felt that way. And after a while, I just said, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to walk out of the room. I can't. And the moment I walked out, it subsided. The, the pain in the stomach and the pressure subsided and stuff. I was able to leave the room as if the person, if it was this person, had gone, well, you're leaving now, goodbye. Go on, go. Now, I'd explained what had happened to one of the hosts that was outside in the main great hall. And they explained to me that, yes, there is a spirit of a soldier who is protective of the stairs. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. As I say, this is a personal experience and this is something I, I remember of Tutbury. It's an experience that I went back probably about six months later and... I didn't have the full pressure, but I got the stabbing in the side of the stomach again. And it's been eight years, and I want to go back. I want to go back, and I want the experience, the castle, the atmosphere again. But I also want to go and do those stairs. I want to spend time on those stairs. I want to go, and if I go back with my group that I belong to, Lee and Corrin, have never been. I think they'd find it absolutely fascinating from a historical place. I know Curran would just spend all day photographing there, as would I now. And I'd like to put Lee in front of those stairs and see what happens. Okay, Lee's not six foot four like me, but he's male. So does this spirit react the same way if it was a spirit? 
Now, I don't know who else has experienced this. Um, quite often, I find it fine. Uh, I quite often find it fine. That's wrong. I quite often find finding research on paranormal experiences quite hard. A lot of people don't like sharing it. And I wish people would. And this is, again, why we are here. This is why this podcast is here. It is to share experiences. It's to share knowledge as well. So if you've been to the castle, if you've experienced something at the castle and you want to share it with myself and maybe the audience as well, please let us know via our Facebook page. And that's facebook.com forward slash Let's Talk Paranormal. And we will be absolutely fascinated by any stories you can bring us. The research on the history that I've used today, I use Wikipedia because everyone does. Um, I also found two other websites which corresponded with what I found on Wikipedia, and that was marie-stuart.co.uk and castlesforbattles.co.uk. So that's where I've got my information from. And I really hope that you've enjoyed today's show. As I said, if you want to share anything, just pop across to our Facebook page and let us know. And until next time, have a lovely evening.